This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, good morning. I'm Roshan Gunnison and welcome to the all-new Resource Center, your one-stop shop for strategies, tactics, and tools to better build, scale, and manage your business. In the past few years, HR professionals in Malaysia have faced unprecedented challenges due to the pandemic. The most notable trend in HR during 2021 was related to the pandemic and its effects on the workforce and economy. Of course, this included a shift towards remote and hybrid working models, the adoption of digitalization initiatives at an accelerated pace, and a higher priority on employee skill development and a data-centric approach to HR. Now, HR professionals themselves have been focusing on developing new skills and strategies to effectively manage these changes, which are still felt till today, and enhancing their role in fostering organizational resilience and employee well-being. They're also navigating the complexities of workforce management in a more dynamic and evolving business environment. Today on the show, we're going to be diving into the findings of the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development, or CIPD's 2023 People Profession Report of, from APAC, a comprehensive analysis that sheds light onto the into the dynamics of the workplace and the people profession, that's the HR professionals across the Asia-Pacific region. This report highlights the evolving business landscape and how it's influenced the digital transformation, as well as the shift towards hybrid working models and how that's reshaping the role of HR professionals. Helping us with all this is Mei Lan Kwok, Head of Market Development with a global portfolio at the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development, uh, more commonly known as CIPD. And we're going to be talking about the challenges, transformations, and future prospects in the human resources landscape and how these trends are shaping organizations and the workforce in this rapidly changing part of the world. If you have any thoughts, you can WhatsApp us on our new mobile number. That's 018-789-8899. Or as always, you can reach us on X at BFM Radio. Uh, May, welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show, I should say. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for having me on the show today. Um, so maybe we can start with, because I know this is on the back of, of a report that CIPD has put out. So maybe you could uh, start off by giving us a sense of the primary aims of the 2023 People Profession uh, Asia-Pacific Survey. Sure, happy to. So the primary goal was to gain insights into the talent management landscape, the workforce priorities and nuances, particularly for hybrid working in the Asia-Pacific region. The survey aimed to understand how professionals in HR and people management perceive and navigate these challenges and the potential opportunities that hybrid working has. So there were four sort of key things that stood out to me. One was the impact of hybrid working really varied across the region. So for those in Australia, they perceived it in generally a positive um, perspective. For Singapore, they were more likely to find hybrid working challenging. So they were citing differences in communication, um, losing the human touch within the company. The influence uh, for me was the second key point. The influence of digital transformation on HR operations was again particularly pronounced in Australia, Malaysia and Singapore. But most respondents um, in these countries acknowledged that digital change was transforming, was impacting, was influencing how people teams deliver their services. The third is the economic change and the rising costs. They were ranked as the top driver uh, for people professionals in Malaysia uh, within the APAC region. Um, this was followed by digital transformation and advancing technologies. And thirdly, the use of digital platforms becoming more prominent. So Malaysia stands out in the region as the only market ranking social media and content consumption within the top five. 
So there's a, there's a lot of information there, at least the three key aims that you were getting into. Uh, but maybe we can just focus on one particular part, which is, I think, it's still being felt till today. Uh, talk to us a little bit about how the post-pandemic environment has influenced worker behaviors and workplace dynamics in APAC and things that are still being felt till today. Mm. So what we're seeing in terms of that post-pandemic uh, environmental influence for workers' behaviours is very much around this culture reset. So I think a lot of us in the workplace, um, and you saw this this word globally, didn't you? The word reset. We're resetting the way that we're doing things. We're resetting relationships. Um, we're also resetting culture within organisations. So post-pandemic, it's important to recognise that traditional workplace norms may no longer suffice because it's like once you've crossed over to the other side, it's very difficult to undo the experiences of the last few years and say, oh, we're going back into the office now. Um, we're going to forget the fact that we ever worked um, from home. We're going to forget that we had those efficiencies in place. Um, so organizations really need to reassess and realign their cultural values to adapt to this evolving need and expectations of employees because they've really tasted that other side now. So today, amid hybrid working models, there's a notable emphasis on the importance of employee experience and engagement. So as, as we all saw, a lot of uh, employees reassessed their priorities because prior to the pandemic, it was very much work, work, work. But with the pandemic, it really forced people to reassess their own personal priorities. In a lot of cases, they, they kind of realized, well, you know what works on everything. Um, so a lot of their personal experiences, engagements came to the forefront. So the survey we did acknowledge these challenges um, particularly supporting employee mental health and well-being has, has become uh, a top priority now globally uh, on the list. And that's quite interesting considering the fact that also last year was a very big year in terms of layoffs, but particularly in the tech sector. But at the same time, we're also seeing these dynamics in terms of talent and I guess their demands and their needs, even in last year's survey. So that's something interesting to keep in mind, I guess. Talk to us a little bit about what were the key drivers that were impacting businesses in APAC in general? And was this the same here in Malaysia? Mm. So according to our survey, economic change, rising costs, digital transformation, advancing technologies were all um, at the top in terms of key priorities for, for the entire region. While these drivers are relevant across APAC, including Malaysia, the market does stand out in its own way. So specifically for Malaysia, they ranked social media and content consumption among the top five, which honestly is very unique. Even when we looked at our, our data outputs in, in MENA, in Europe, no, no one else is ranking this in, in the top five. So this implies that Malaysia's businesses recognizes the influence of social media and changing content consumption patterns as a significant force for changing their operating environment. So it may signify a heightened focus on digital strategies and communication in the Malaysian market. So the identification of these drivers, it reemphasizes the need for businesses to align and adapt in response to these economic fluctuations. So in other words, we should be investing more if we're in Malaysia in how we are socially representing ourselves on these social media platforms, because clearly the market is is observing this trend and it does have an impact on changing consumer behavior. Right. Um, May, do you have any insights as to why that's the case? Was there anything in the survey to indicate any, you know, as to why this is the case? 
I think over the last few years, particularly in the Malaysian market, you've you've seen the rise of a lot of social media content consumption on a lot of, um, I think we can probably think of quite a few social media platforms uh, that we would all clean, keenly follow and, and look at first thing in the morning and last thing um, at night. <laughs> but it's, it's become um, another outlet for a lot of people when it comes to subsidizing uh, revenue streams. So this is a particular trend that we've seen in Malaysia. Uh, you, a lot of people, I think, during the pandemic, when the economic downturn was particularly prevalent in Malaysia, let's say in comparison to Singapore, mm-hmm. people were looking at alternative streams uh, for, for revenue. And the social media platforms, content create, uh, creation became uh, an outlet for that. Okay. Okay. So it's, it's a habit that's also kind of stayed with us since then as well. Um, another key thing that we saw, uh, and that we've touched on a few times here, is that the acceleration of digitalization from the pandemic onwards. So um, how is digital transformation uh, altering businesses and operations of people th- teams or HR teams in the region and in Malaysia? How is it changing the way they, they have to do their work? Mm. So the use of digital platforms, and when we say digital platforms, Think about the systems that you have in place to help you communicate, to manage your stakeholders, your customers. Think about the platforms that you use internally and externally when it comes to um, team bonding, team building. You can even think of platforms that you use for employee engagement. So this is what we mean by by digital platforms without naming names. Um, But particularly when it comes to talent management, strategic approaches, it helps us to identify and develop and retain talent within organizations, because there are all additional ways that we can use to understand the other party better in order to engage them better. So the emphasis on organizational agility suggests that technology is being leveraged very widely, very broadly, to create more flexible and adaptive working environments and practices. It allows organizations to respond more quickly, more efficiently um, to these changing landscapes, because the world outside is not standing still. So our our ability to be able to adapt uh, and to be flexible to these changes uh, are an imperative for growing businesses. So think about all the technology that we now use and we rely on. Um, So with regards to hybrid working models, it offers this approach with an intent to bridge physical and digital divides. So think about the, the employees. They need to adopt technology solutions. They need to be able to implement effective communication strategies, but they need to prioritize employee, employee engagement above all else so that they, they can mitigate some of the challenges that they may have when it comes to HR delivery in a hybrid environment. So, for example, traditionally, we're used to seeing people face-to-face when it comes to performance management, performance reviews. Uh, you're used to on-site engagement activities. But all of this has been disrupted with hybrid. Mm-hmm. So organizations have been challenged to have to think for uh, think of alternatives when it comes to employee engagement because it's no longer just popping out for a meal. It's thinking, okay, if I've got two people in the office, I've got three people at home, um, two people overseas, how do I now create uh, an engagement activity in these circumstances? So there's no one-size-fits-all. It's It's about making an even more concerted effort than before um, and to be even more mindful than before to be inclusive. Maybe we've got to go into a few messages. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about how that hybrid working environment has changed people management practices in Malaysia and I guess how delegation plays into people management as well. 
Uh, folks, you're not listening to the all-new Resource Center, your one-stop shop for strategies, tactics, and tools to better build, scale, and manage your business. Today, we're being joined by me, Head of Market Development with a global portfolio with CIPD, the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development. And we've been talking about the dynamics of the workplace and the people profession across Asia-Pacific, how the pandemic has impacted it and how it's had to evolve since then, and how this is all reshaping the role of HR professionals. I'm Roger Gunnison. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Budding Fresh Ministers. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, welcome back to Resource Center, your one-stop shop for strategies, tactics, and tools to better build, scale, and manage your business. I'm Roshan Kanesan. Today, we're talking about the dynamics of the workplace and the people profession across Asia Pacifics and how the evolving business landscape and shift towards hybrid working models is reshaping the role of HR professionals. Obviously, a big part of this conversation is how the pandemic has changed it as well. Helping me with this is Mei-Lan Kwok, Head of Market Development Global with CIPD, the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development. Uh, May earlier in this conversation, we were talking a bit about the primary aims of the survey along with some of the influences on workers' behavior in Asia-Pacific. And one of the key themes, obviously, has still been that how hybrid working has changed the way uh, HR professionals or people professionals need to do their jobs. Um, talk to us in more detail in terms of how hybrid working has impacted people management practices uh, in Malaysia specifically. Of course. So um, if we look at delegation of people management tasks, they do vary across uh, asia Pacific countries. So the inclination uh, is to outsource administrative HR tasks, suggesting that HR is looking for a more strategic role uh, in their organizations. And this is particularly uh, so in, in Malaysia. So by outsourcing routine tasks, HR can redirect their focus towards more strategic and value-added initiatives. So it's to shift and align with broader trends that you see across the region uh, and to transition from this traditional approach uh, to a more strategic partner, shall we say, uh, of, of business decisions. So delegating administrative tasks allows HR to concentrate um, on things like workforce planning or on things like talent management strategies and away from, let's say, headcount planning or managing people's leave or purely just managing payroll functions. So you can, you can feel the difference in terms of the value that it brings to the, to the function. Mm -hmm. Um, and strategically overall will create more impact for HR, but also contributing more to the overall business goals and decision-making. So very often, the administrative operational aspects of managing people will be delegated to the line managers, to the supervisors. So we already see the responsibility for, let's say, performance management sits there. But in addition, uh, we're looking for line to play a more active role in developing uh, and in engaging the employees. So employee engagement is not just a HR problem. It's not just HR's responsibility. It's an everybody uh, problem and everybody responsibility. So going beyond just headcount planning for their team to really thinking, what do we need in our team, in our department in the next few years? Um, and working in partnership with, with HR to have a look at what knowledge, what skills, what behaviors are we going to need to fill this gap? So that we're in prime position for business growth. 
Now, the two key things that you've uh, that you mentioned that I'd like to deep dive a little further. One is delegation of people management tasks, and the other one is, I guess, the skills and capabilities of these HR practitioners. But let's start with the delegation aspect of this. Um, how does delegation of people management tasks vary across APEC countries? And I guess, what are you seeing there? So, for, for in terms of the survey and what we're seeing at the moment. You're going to have some countries in APAC that are more geared to, to delegating tasks, more comfortable, shall we say, in delegating tasks. So a big part of this is ensuring that there's trust in, in the relationship because it becomes very difficult to delegate tasks to the next level down or to colleagues or to peers if you don't feel that they're going to be able to do the task just as well as you are or if not better. So one of the things that we have found is, is trust has to be a prevalent part of that team. Um, and that means you have to build, you have to spend time to build that bond. You have to spend time to understand where the knowledge, where the skills lie within the team uh, and within the business in order to, to delegate these, these tasks. We've also noticed that if you're looking to delegate tasks outside of your organization, the briefing aspect becomes even more important than ever. We can't assume that payroll is the same with every organization, that the nuances are not there between different organizations. Particularly if you're saying you're delegating payroll to an outsourced provider across multiple countries, because just off the top of your head, tax implications will be different. Mm. Yeah. So we can't assume that it's the same rule for everyone when it comes to delegation of tasks. So HR's role here uh, is, is an imperative for them to have clarity, to really understand what work is it? What roles is it that we within HR, within the current company, need to take, need to have, need to execute? Where the handovers lie in terms of where we're delegating that task, whether that's internally or externally, um, and really calling out these workflow plans so, so that we know who's doing what, when, um, and if we need a contingency solution, what does that look like? So delegation is not simply passing on the work. There's a lot of planning involved in it to ensure that the process itself is efficient and effective. Were there any particular countries that were more accepting or did delegation better in the survey? Uh, I wouldn't say any country in particular, but I would say that there will be certain sectors that are more, um, uh, are more accustomed, mm -hmm. we say, uh, when it comes to working more collaboratively um, in order for delegation to happen. So traditional sectors that are, uh, that are very, that have the infrastructure in place for collaborative work across platforms, including hybrid, would be tech sector. It's a very young industry. Uh, they're very collaborative in terms of their approaches. Whereas if you look at certain sectors, such as, let's say, banking, FSI, uh, it tends to be a little bit more, um, siloed because there's, there's, a, there's a, there's a lot of not so much power and control, but there's, there's a lot more, um, there's less trust. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I guess those are also industries with high compliance, right? So there are, yes. there's always going regulation. to be regulations much higher. There's always going to be, um, we'll move when we absolutely need to move or when the rules say we need to move as opposed to. And the, the risk is governance. Yeah, the risk of governance will be an issue. So you tend to see that within FSI, um, within, let's say, oil and gas and within um, insurance, because with the regulatory governance component, people are 
uh, are more keenly aware of the risk when it comes to passing on that piece of work to someone else. Now, the other thing I wanted to touch on was obviously the, the, the capacity building and skills development of HR practitioners, because I think as we've made quite clear, uh, the landscape has changed and it looks to continue to change. And we're in a little bit of this, not just hybrid in terms of working environment, but um, hybrid in terms of a lot of the, the, the old ways and the new ways that are coming in. As well. uh, so there's a little bit of like a flux there, I guess, would be a nice way to put it. Um, what are we seeing in terms of how HR practitioners are developing their skills and capabilities? Well, I would say for any HR practitioner out there, it should be your number one priority. <laughs> um, so I'm not to say that as a professional body. So according to our research, people, professionals, they want to engage in continuous learning. In fact, pretty much everyone I speak to has a keen interest in their own development. It's always boils down to this, I don't have time. But that's where you really need to make sure that you, you delegate that time because you need to stay abreast of industry trends, evolving technology, HR practices, um, because this could involve, you know, it could mean participating in workshops, you know, which, which is more formal training programs, but nothing stops you from turning up to workshops uh, that are more webinar style or event style or industry conferences, networking events, so that you can, you can expand um, your own connection base. On the job training is, is great as well. So we see we see this a lot happening when it comes to challenging projects and initiatives within their own organizations. This gives a really practical approach because theory is great and wonderful and all, but if you don't have an opportunity to apply to practice mm -hmm. what you've learned, you're you're gonna, you know, a few months down the line, one year down the line, you've you've essentially given your learning back to the trainer. If if, if you don't if you don't get to apply it. So hands-on um, experience allows practitioners to to apply that that knowledge into real world scenarios so that they can foster um, skills development and make it stick. We would also suggest uh, mentorship programs, coaching programs. So we're seeing this more and more so in in Malaysia now. Uh, it's it's a great opportunity for skills development, especially if you're working with a very experienced mentor or a coach. They can provide the guidance, share their own personal experiences, so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Um, offer very personal advice um, so that you can grow as an individual. But most importantly, they can also help you connect to, to the wide profession as well, because having that network is is incredibly important for your development. So given the impact of digital transformation, there's there's likely an emphasis on the need, um, not likely, I, I would I would say there is need um, to develop your, your digital skills, because if you feel you're behind now, judging by the speed, by which technology advances, in a few months' time, you're going to be very behind. So make sure that you're up to date in terms of understanding where HR bridges with analytics, uh, where HR bridges with digital platforms, so that you can bring these efficiencies and these effectiveness into your HR operations and into the business. May, thank you for that. We've got a few more questions to get into, of course, but we have to go into a few messages first. Folks, you're listening to Resource Center, your one-stop shop for strategies, tactics, and tools to better build, scale, and manage your business. And today, May Len Kwok, Head of Market Development Global with CIPD, the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development, uh, was is speaking to us about the dynamics of the workplace and the people professional across Asia Pacific based on their survey from 2023 and how this ever evolving business landscape and shift towards hybrid working models is reshaping 
the role of HR professionals. I'm Roshan Kanesan. We'll be back in just a bit. So keep it here at BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Burger, fries, Milo, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, welcome back to Resource Center, your one-stop shop for strategies, tactics, and tools to better build, scale, and manage your business. I'm Roshan Kanesan. Today, we're getting into the dynamics of the workplace and the people profession across Asia Pacifics and the ever-evolving business landscape and shift towards hybrid working models that are reshaping the role of HR professionals. Helping me with this conversation has been May Lane Kwok, Head of Market Development Global with CIPD, the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development. Earlier in the show, we were getting into um, the how the hybrid working model has impacted people management practices in Malaysia, the importance of the changing the different behaviors of delegation in different sectors with uh, financial services being more conservative about the way they delegate versus maybe the tech sector, which is more collaborative and a bit of a younger industry. And before that, we were talking about the aims of the survey as well as some of the key impacts from the pandemic that are still being felt today when it comes to uh, well, human resource and people and the people profession. May talk to us a little bit about, I guess, the top workforce priorities for organizations in Malaysia and how uh, HR professionals can play a role in supporting the business of an organization, right? I think that's a key thing that a lot of managers and business community is going to want to hear. Great question. So from what we saw from the survey, there are two key priority areas that go, go hand in hand, really. When it, and one is workforce planning. And the second one is developing that current workforce skills so that they can bridge the gaps and fuel business growth. So in terms of uh, HR's role here, when it comes to workforce planning, this involves aligning talent with organizational goals, addressing skills gaps, and mitigating associated business risks. So the focus on strategic workforce planning indicates a forward-looking approach, a, a planned approach, a, an approach with intent um, to drive your business forward, to indicate uh, where talent management uh, is needed, and to ensure that the organization is well-positioned and primed to, should we say, take advantage of future opportunities as and when they come. And in terms of developing skills of the current workforce, this suggests a proactive approach to addressing skill shortages uh, and ensuring that employees are equipped with the necessary competencies to meet evolving business needs. So locally, we are also seeing a greater inclination to outsourcing administrative tasks, as we mentioned earlier. So outsourcing administrative tasks may provide HR professionals with the bandwidth to focus on all of these uh, additional strategic initiatives. The inclination to outsource tasks coupled with a focus on skills development and workforce planning suggests that HR teams in Malaysia are evolving now from transactional roles to strategic roles. So it's not new for a long, for many years now, I would say, uh, HR in Malaysia has been looking to make that shift. But what we are seeing more widespread now for the first time is HR really thinking, okay, if I'm going to vacate this traditional role of being more operational and more administrative, how are we going to cover this? Mm. And where, where is this task going to go? So is it going to go internally to the line or is it going to be outsourced to a professional provider so that we can then be released to be able to do the more strategic uh, elements that we've been now training and looking to do going forward. 
May, was there anything about the rise of uh, AI uh, in the survey in terms of uh, indications or concerns around that? Because, you know, this this topic of outsourcing, um, yes, you could outsource it to another body to do so, but also tools could come in to take on some of that more administrative tasks. Any Any insights into that? So not in this particular survey, we were not yeah. looking at the impact of AR. However, what I can say is a lot of organizations are looking at leveraging AI technologies. Um, we've already seen uh, a lot of traditional organizations using AI. So let's say a very traditional industry such as uh, hotel industry. We've already seen them incorporate AI technology when it comes to uh, promoting and selling the hotel. Mm-hmm. So it's not uncommon now for people to be able to take an AI tour of, of the hotel, to take a tour of the room that you're looking to select before you've even made your booking. Yeah. We've also saw during the pandemic phase, organizations adopting the same technology when it comes to inducting their global teams across the world because they couldn't bring everybody into HQ. So how else can we build this bond for people to understand the organization, the culture, the fit, the feel of the organization without bringing them in. And leveraging AI technology has, has allowed them to do that. We've also seen it in, in process efficiencies. So if you look at our RBA, so the, the robotic automation processes, it's allowed um, a lot of the more administrative tasks that we normally right. saw, let's say on the line, to now being able uh, to, to be handled by RPA. Yeah, I think that's something that we're going to be seeing a lot more of going forward as well, especially as the tools become much, much, much more accessible. Um, I think we have a choice. I think we yeah. have to, because uh, most most countries are facing an aging population. Mm. They're, they're facing a shrinking workforce. So unless you can buy in labor cheaply, you have no choice but to adopt technologies, which means you've really got to look at the tasks that need to be done in the organization and how else better to do it and certainly technology will be one of your 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 key leverages and while we're talking about you know uh, some of the trends here at or at least ways ways things are going forward i mean how does malaysia and the asia pacific region compared to other global regions in terms of the trends that we're seeing in the people profession just as we come to a close so there were uh, a few similarities, I would say. So the drivers for change, which, which if we look at digital transformation, advancing technologies, they remain at the top for uh, APAC um, and the Middle East and North Africa region. But interestingly, it was at the bottom uh, of, of priorities when it came to UK um, and Ireland. Now, for APAC, we reported less impact from economic change and rising costs, but this was a top priority uh, in Europe. So the top workforce priorities for APAC was around upskilling, reskilling, building capability, which we've talked a lot around. But in the Middle East, North Africa, um, Ireland, UK, they were prioritizing how do we measure productivity and role reversal back to uh, workforce engagement. Like you can see how these things pair up because if one of your key drivers is the economic downturn, then of course, hand in hand, one of your workforce priorities is going to be around workforce engagement. Whereas if your priorities were around growth and transformation, um, then of course, your priority will be around how do we upskill our workforce to be mm-hmm. better equipped uh, to take forward these growth plans and to leverage uh, the digital platforms that we have and the technology that we have. 
Fascinating. That is actually really quite interesting. Uh, and to see that there, you know, it's not a monolith uh, when we see what our priorities are across uh, the globe when it comes to the people profession. Um, maybe we've got a few minutes left, but I'd love to hear a little bit about the challenges and opportunities that are presented by flexible and hybrid working models uh, in Malaysia. Because uh, this is something that, you know, we've, it's been a big talking point for the last few years. I would definitely say this is something that no one has truly cracked. But yeah. yes, so you know, really understanding what what the real efficiencies and, and and you know how to create true productivity here. We're we're all still learning, which is great because it means we're all in the same position. But the the difficulty has been, I would say, three things. One has been around supporting mental health and well being. So this concept of always on it's added a lot of uh, mm. stress to people. This blurred lines between personal and professional life. Um, it's it's increased stress, difficulties in maintaining work-life balance. And of course, all of this has, has detrimental effect on our health. I mean, after all, on average, we spend a third of our lives working. So that's not surprising. <laughs> um, performance management has been another key challenge uh, because, you know, in this race of complex hybrid uh, environment, not being able to see people uh, in person, not being able to sort of play off the body language um, as you would normally like to do in performance management, um, conversations, it's become a little bit more difficult for, for some to, to sort of really measure that metric. So for HR, the challenge is how do you ensure clarity when you're setting your KPI goals and how do you make sure that the metrics are there so that it stays consistent? Um, and thirdly, big one for HR, the challenge is how do we support our line managers? I would say probably, what, less than 1% of this planet was ready for the pandemic, probably. <laughs> um, that is not an official statistic. That, <laughs> but, you know, it means nobody was well supported or, or ready for this. So HR needs to be able to support their line managers in, in facing some of these challenges that they, they have at home. So whether it's about dealing with communication, whether it's about uh, dealing with, you know, a hybrid setting, whether it's about supporting, guiding um, the team, take needs to provide these resources to help the line to navigate um, managing remotely um, and how to create um, good team dynamics in, in this environment. So those are the challenges, but on a more positive note, in terms of the opportunities, we're now in a position to be able to reshape what, what work looks like, what culture looks like. So hybrid working models provide an opportunity for us to do that cultural reset, as we mentioned earlier, to really now think what does true employee experience mean in my organization? What does engagement and well-being mean in my organization? And to be able to contribute to that positive, supportive work environment. Mm. It means that we are now in a position to leverage um, flexible working practices more than before. So pre-pandemic, this was an uphill push for HR. <laughs> For a lot of them, when you're, when you're you know, promoting technologies, getting investment for technology, trying to put flexible working practices, it was a challenge. But as soon as pandemic came in, it became a need. So now how do we continue to, to grow uh, and have more options when it comes to flexible working practices so that we can have more adaptable uh, and more inclusive workplaces? Because as the world changes, having your employee base scalable having your employee base be satisfied and retained and being able to attract the top talent so that you can offer a more diverse range of work arrangements is going to be an imperative for HR. Yeah. Finally, May, it really does look like HR professionals, people professionals, uh, they're going to have to add more value in terms of the strategy, especially in this increasingly more AI-driven world. 
So talk to us about the the outlook or predicted trends for 2024 for this particular profession and function. I'm like, happy to. I mean, we've we've said it many times now uh, or, or on, on this call, it, hybrid flexible working models uh, will continue to evolve. And mm. this is this is no longer a nice to have. This is a must have because the, the statistics, statistics tells us as much as 60% of those seeking employment are saying that if an organization doesn't offer flexible working practices, it's a no-go. So again, it's not, uh, it's not a nice to have, it's a must have. So, the, so HR must revise its policies, its practices, and, and they must think how they can adopt flexible working approaches, hybrid working approaches, uh, in, in, into their workforce priorities. They need to focus on adopting a data-driven mindset. So this suggests that data analytics will become more important. So HR must embrace this. Don't run away from Excel. Don't run away from <laughs> statistics. Uh, if, but if anything, they need to hone in their skills on this. They need to hone in on their critical thinking skills as well so that they mm. can be more confident um, when they're representing data insights, particularly when it comes uh, to people. HR needs to prioritize their own learning. So we've just railed off a list of things that HR needs to be doing going forward. So of course, making sure that their own professional development plans are in place so that they can stay ahead of the curve, build their own capabilities so that they can work cross-functionally, increase their visibility and be able to partner effectively with other business areas. Mm. So I believe HR will play a very pivotal role in driving environmental sustainable strategies, especially with many governments, such as Malaysia as well, who's looking at net zero targets. So this is, again, an opportunity for HR to be at the forefront um, and to encourage sustainable behaviours within their workforce practices. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Till next time, take care. Thank you. It's been a pleasure as well. That was Mei Leng Kwok, Head of Market Development Global at CIPD. That's the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development, speaking to us about the dynamics of the workplace and the people profession across the Asia-Pacific region and how the evolving business landscape and shift towards hybrid working models is reshaping the HR role. You've been listening to Resource Center, your one-stop shop for strategies, tactics, and tools to better build, scale, and manage your business. If you miss any part of this conversation, you can catch the podcast on our website at bfm.my or download the BFM app. Our shows are also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast players. Just look up Resource Center. And if you enjoyed this episode, do give us a review. It really does help the ranking of the show. I'm Roshni Kanesan. This has been Resource Center. Up next is Enterprise Explores. So keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.